Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. If it's a Monday, you know what we're doing on this show. Another ATP Challenger Tour breakdown from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Barbaro. On today's show, they offer an update. On the Australian Open Wildcard Challenge, discuss another historic week on the ATP Challenger Tour for Talon Greek Sport Chat about Helsinki qualifying and so much more. It is a fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course. Plenty else is happening right now across the tennis world. If you missed anything from last week's Next Gen Finals, missed anything from the WTA Finals, Tommy Paul's run to his first ATP title. We're going to be covering all of that on the Mini Break Podcast, all of those episodes available on our website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, Westoff and I just enjoyed a fantastic weekend in Waco on the campus of Baylor University. Expect tons of content about that trip coming up in the near future. We've got college contenders coming up here as well. Busy times for us here at Crack Rackets as we try to paint the complete picture of what is happening across the tennis world for all of you listeners. Again, all of that content available on our website, crackrackets.com. But you didn't hear, you didn't come here to hear about that. You came here to hear about the ATP Challenger Tour. So without further ado, let's get to it. Another fantastic episode from Crack Rackets contributors Damien Kuss and Jakob Bobro. Westoff, hit those credits. Let's get to today's show. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Uh, hello and welcome to the next episode of the Challenger the Podcast. Uh, I am once again joined by my friend Jakub and we're going to discuss five events here, which we're actually going to do for the last time this year. Uh, how are you feeling with this? Um, it's been a wild ride of a year, that's for sure. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll miss it. Having five events at the same time is, <clears throat> is kind of insane, but it is, you know, peak Challenger tennis. Uh, so I'll definitely miss it here for a while. <laughs> it is. Uh, I mean, it's been a lot of work, especially in the latter half of the season. But it's not like you know. I, I, I'm saying that we're not we're not gonna have five events, but we're gonna have four or three or just two in the you know in the last week of the season. So it's actually still gonna be a lot of challenger tennis to cover and to to just <laughs> watch and follow. Uh, where do you want to start this week? I'm assuming that we're going to go with our usual tactic of, of going for the biggest event first. Yeah, let's let's start with, with Rohan. 
where Hugo Grenier got his first challenger title in his first final. Um, second. I know. Second final? Yeah. Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, he lost to Lestien in uh, yes, yes, he did. Spain. Yeah, Alicante? Alicante, maybe? What yeah, that, that, that sounds about right. That sounds yes, right. <laughs> anyway, um, I mean, I called it, obviously, uh, ever since I predicted him to win, like, however many weeks ago in a, in a random challenger. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what are it was? He beat uh, mostly Frenchmen, really, Jean Vierre. Uh, he beat the, the 15-year-old uh, Gabriel Debreu, Arthur Cazot, uh, Matthias Borg before beating Hiroki Moria 6-2-6-3 in the final. Um, he breaks into the top 150 at number 149. Um, he rises 35 spots there. And he also rises to number 13 in the race. Um, so yeah, what did you make of Grenier this week? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of called it, really. <laughs> I, I always underestimated Grenier. Uh, and, I, and I said it multiple times on the podcast that I probably shouldn't. Uh, and it, it's great that he's doing that. He actually got to the top 150, uh, which is like sort of serious and expresses how long he's been knocking on the door because, you know, the whole year he's he's been getting kind of close to this title. Uh, the path wasn't that tough obviously like we said that this was the biggest event this week a challenger 100 but compared to some of the other semis and finals that we're gonna <laughs> that we're gonna talk about this was this was a bit of low-key especially as Maria was like 616 I think in challenger main throws before this week and even saved three match points in the first turn but Grenier I mean just because of how good he's been this year he totally he totally deserved it for sure uh that serve is going to be an issue for many players i think it was you know most contrasting in in terms of the breeze run who defeated peregrino orlov and someone else in the qualities who i'm now you know, blanking on um in, in the first round of the qualities the defeated uh, uh Philippe christian Jano, obviously uh, and then he came again, came into the match against Grenier, and it, you could see that it was a bit of a shock for him. I'm sure he practiced with players of this quality before, but just just the the, the amount of power that Grenier has was definitely tough for him to adjust to. And it's going to be very interesting to see what Grenier does with this next year. I mean, 25 year old is is surely not old anymore in tennis terms. Like, but a cup. Even a couple of years back, if you weren't, you know, if you haven't broken through at 25, you are probably never gonna. And right now, you know, 25 is the new 20. <laughs> maybe, maybe Hugo Grenier still has a lot of things to show us. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 very happy with with Grenier. Hiroki Moria though was to me an absolute shock. I've been sort of uh, not really picking him for anything at all. <laughs> this year and, and as you said he has had a horrible record it's his first challenger final uh since shanghai in september 2018 um so over over three years um best result of the year by far he gets back into the top 300 here and he beat richard as you said saving match points uh georgi kravchenko yellow cells and manuel guinard 
Um, did, did you see much of uh, Moria this week? Not that much, honestly. I, I, I did rewatch that Richard's first round. Uh, uh, I, I, I was definitely very curious about how the match points went. Uh, but it, it wasn't super exciting, like just, just two big serves and then one unforced error from Richard, I think. Uh, but, I mean, as you said, a complete shock, honestly, a fairly easy path. But I was yeah. I was expecting uh, Guinard to beat him for sure, which would have then made a funny story of Grenier winning his first challenger by beating five Frenchmen, but, but it never came to be. Uh, I, I, I'm looking at the draw and honestly... I, I totally forgot that Benoit Per was even in the in the event. Like <laughs> I think that says something of how maybe not how little we think of his tennis right now, but how little we expect from him in terms of his concentration and motivation. But but uh, he he joins the oh, he he was in the in that field already. But I mean this is the fifth top fifty player that play that that participated in a challenger this year and. The fifth that that never made it past the quarterfinals. Uh, yeah, pair went out first round to to yellow cells, um, six four in the third. Which I don't think that either of us were really surprised when that result came through. Um, uh, yes, cells so went on to make the quarterfinals as a lucky loser, um, as he beat Copians and then lost to Moria in the in the quarters. Um, somebody else to highlight probably Arthur Kazaw as well made a quarterfinal beat Richard Gasquet in a in a uh, big match 6-4 in the third uh, do, do you feel like Kazaw is progressing well here? Yeah I mean he he recently played a, a series of 25Ks in, in France and Portugal and was still doing very well he's been a bit you know uh, a little under the radar since, since May when he got these two Top 100 wins versus Manarino and um, Corda, maybe Corda, I think. But but that since then, you know, he kind of disappeared of of people's radar. But he won he won he won a couple of 25k's last last month, so he's not actually slowing down like at all. Uh, and that we're definitely gonna see him probably mainly on the Challenger Tour next year. He I think he broke the top 300 with this run, so. Yeah, next I think. Yeah. So next year we're gonna see him probably on the Challenger Tour only. Uh, I don't think he's gonna play more ITFs. So uh still very much on that track of progress. Just just you know, we haven't talked about him in a couple of months because he hasn't really done played or done well in a challenger because he had a few a few off starts in there but october was fantastic for him just just one one loss over three uh three 25k ITFs. uh yeah anything else from Rohan? uh who did you have as a pick here um who did i have as a pick here hold on let me check i had i had somebody Vesely? Vesely. Yeah, Vesely and you had Laksonen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had Laksonen who lost to Georgi Kravchenko, by the way, someone someone to look at in, in the weeks to come, definitely. And Vesely retired. So yeah, yeah, not, your, not your fault. Yeah. Um yeah, not really successful for us here in Rwanda, but oh well, <laughs> it happens. Uh should we go to Bratislava? Sure. Yeah, Bratislava were the second seed. Talon Grigspor 
beat qualifier Jean-Bor Piroche 6-3-6-2. Greek Sports 10th challenger title of his career, 8th this year. He's improved that record that he broke last week. Um, he's swept Bratislava. He's won the, both the titles in there. Um, <laughs> at the, at the challenges that were played there this week. Uh, up seven spots to number 65. I was honestly quite surprised. I didn't really see this coming. I was questioning whether he would even play coming in after he got the record and after his, now that his ranking is uh, quite high. But went in there, uh, beat Pokorny, Kalagichenko, Lehechka, Molchan, and then Pirosh. Um, yeah, what did you make of Talon Greeks for this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess with it being the last tournament of his season, he sort of decided to go for it. So it turned out that he just cannot lose right now. Uh, I, I I looked at Lehechka before the match. I looked at Molchan. Uh, these were the two guys that I considered you know, potentially uh, Talon was under an upset alert there. But he still shows no sign of any sort of fatigue. I mean, at some point he would probably like in, in maybe maybe something like Bonzi that when they when they were in their peak, they, they actually never showed anything. But then in a couple of weeks that, you know, that sort of uh, caught up with them. But 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 we're not gonna see that because he's gonna go into the off season right now and come back strong, come back to the main tour in 2022 Perfect as the world timing. number yeah. 65 or something like that, and he's just gonna be able to uh, to leave uh, to, to stop playing Challenger Tour events for at least until all the points start dropping, uh, which is actually in the you know, second half of the year mostly. He, his first Challenger title was back in May. Uh, Prague, Prague it was, right? The, the, the one he won over Otte at the very beginning of May. And then he won eight out of 11 he entered. So that, that run is, is absolutely sick. Uh, a 40, 40 to three win-loss record. Uh, I mean, and then when he played Piroz in the final, I just, I just sort of expected that, I mean, Grigspor has to win it. He's, he's, he's been just writing history books you know, this year. And this is absolutely incredible. This is also the longest ever uh, challenger win streak in a single season now. At 25, he surpassed Juan Ignacio Chela again. Chela really losing a lot of challenger records this year, by the way. <laughs> and I, you, there, there's no confirmation that this is actually the longest challenger win streak. You know, if, if someone had one that spanned multiple seasons, it's certainly the longest one post to that, post the year 2000. So still another record that he can, uh, that's clearly meaningful to him as well, because again, he's been like retweeting stuff about, about, uh, about the records he's been, uh, he, he's been achieving and all. He, he clearly really wanted that. And it's, it's super cool to have, you know, guys who, uh, really care about what they do on the challenger tour. Like it's, it's not just a pathway for him. But I guess it makes sense since he's 25 and he never really could have, you know, just just thought of it as a pathway. For a long while, it was actually all he could play. Um, yeah, you you mentioned Piroz. It was his first challenger final. Uh, he, he really broke through here in Bratislava, which I was not expecting. Um, he breaks into the top 300 with this result, up 58 spots to number 282. Um, he actually, in his first qualifying round, saved the match point uh, in the, the third set <laughs> against uh, Niklas Salminen. 
then beat Mochizuki. Your pick after that, Tomáš Machac. Uh, Latsko, Ferreira Silva got a retirement from Travalia before losing to Greek sport, but very impressive week for, for Piroš, who we've talked about a bit here, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, an Australian Open juniors champ four years ago, so someone who, you know, always if you see in a draw, you're like, oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> and he actually had a fantastic summer, uh, like 23 free in his last 26 ITF matches, I think. Uh, won a couple of 25Ks, which were actually the biggest titles he's had so far. Uh, I actually watched a, a few of these matches because he played Pavel for example, which, which I can, which, you know, I can name check him here. Lost to Pavel Chash, which, you know, shows you, uh, shows you how good the pole can be as well. But, but yeah, uh, uh, I'm super glad that, that Pirosh is doing that because this is one of the, one, it, it wasn't one of the most successful juniors of all time he, he didn't get to number one despite winning a slam at all but he was extremely good there and and looks like he's finally ready to at least progress to the challenger tour we'll, we'll see what else he can do with that because like Kazo, he he's he probably has a ranking right now that he could he could easily play more challengers or or almost only challengers next year right uh, yeah, yeah, S similar similar ranking bracket there. Um, yeah, and, and in Bratislava, uh, we also had Sergei Stachowski win the doubles alongside Filip Horansky, uh, beating Molchanov Nedoviesov 6-4-6-4. I was really happy with this because uh, Stachowski went out uh, early um, in, the, in the singles, and I feel like this is a very nice way for him to have a bit of a send-off in a, in a city that he's lived in for a very long time. Yeah, probably his last um, title. So, yeah, yeah, uh, and, and then you know the the Slovak wildcard stay most of the most most of them usually lose, but we did have Milos Karol qualifying for the main draw before losing to Lukas Latsko, which was very impressive. I was not expecting that level for him. He, he's he's really improved a lot, <laughs> which is which is great to see. Um, Nadia and Privara also won the won the won around the doubles. Uh, and Karol and Pokorny also won around the doubles, which was yeah. Karol and Pokorny beat Valkov and Zielinski. It, it was just very interesting to see. I, I, I guess the difference is not as pronounced in the in the doubles. Um, but it, like, it was still a, a huge shocker, right? I remember looking at yeah. the odds. I actually rewatched that later as well because I write this sort of an, a, a piece on. On, on on polls in ITFs and challengers for for a Polish website, and I, I rewatched that Valkovsky match, and it was honestly pretty crazy, especially after the first set where where it just seemed like they would actually dominate this. Uh, but, yeah. but but it was a very fine showing from from Karol and Pokorny for sure. That, that they played some amazing points to get a, a big lead in the super tiebreak, and then Valkovsky was just were just never able to to get it back. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was it was a fun fun week in Bratislava. Uh, should we move on to Ortise? Yep. Uh, yes, Ortise were the top two seeds faced off in the final. Oscar Ota beat out Maxime Cressy 7-6-6-4 for his fourth challenger title. He goes up to number 116, up nine spots. Uh, Ota uh, didn't drop a set, and I believe he didn't drop a single service game as well, right? Yep. 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 Insane. Uh, it was so fast in there. <laughs> Zipping. Um, 
Otta beat Markora, Bachinger, Peniston, and Draper. What did you make of Otta this week and what did you say? Yeah, I mean, actually, both finalists came into the final broken. And it was pretty surprising that the final actually had so many breakpoints. They generated 15. Obviously, only Otta was able to take one. But before the finals, uh, Cressy came with 40 service points lost for the event, and Otta came with 29. So in terms of Cressy, it was like, what, uh, five points per set lost? And in terms of Otta, even less than four? So the, uh, I saw uh, stats, obviously we do not have court speed on the Challenger Tour really, but I saw stats of uh, expected aces versus actual aces. And according to that, it was, uh, or to say he was the fastest challenger on the circuit, which is wow. actually funny because Bratislava was also like in the top three or four. Uh, I didn't recall it being that that fast. I mean, maybe the statistic is not exactly super reliable, but Ortisei actually had a, a healthy lead over the next one. Uh, even even over like things like Ekentalorismani, which are which are on carpet. So the, this the, yeah, this event is crazy, <laughs> and, and it definitely was like that. Uh, we've had two very big servers in the final, and suddenly they started uh, being very near to breaking each other in almost every game. But once again, Ote was just the the clutcher player the the the, the clutcher player than that Cressy as it was two two weeks ago in this money. Uh, I'm super happy he's up to 116 because he def he's definitely playing at a top 100 level right now. Maybe his baseline game got a little bit more steady. The serving doesn't really break down at all anymore. Uh, and uh, I mean th this just looks like he has to get top 100 next year because until May. Again, until that final with Greek sport that I mentioned, he's pretty much defending nothing. So it's going to be now or never probably for, for this guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should also mention that, that Ota was your pick. Yeah. Uh, in in Ortice, so, so you got a point there. I picked Dominique Stefan Stricker. Not sure why, looking back on it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what, what I was thinking there. Uh, although Ota did lose like first round last week, didn't he? Yeah, to Masur, uh, who who won the title eventually, and he was also coming off, uh, you know, of a title. I for for a long while this week, I actually thought you had Cressy, uh, <laughs> and then I, then I recalled that okay, I have nothing to worry about other than Cressy beating Ota. So it's right now fifteen twelve for you. So I still yeah. have that, you know. Yeah, there's plenty of opportunities left. Yes, so. there's still some emotions. I think there's 19 events, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, there is a chance. We, we yeah. can we can yeah. still be excited about this this race. Uh, is there anyone else who you wanted to, to mention? In, uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted to highlight Jack Draper a bit. It was mm -hmm. his first Challenger semi-final on this circuit, beat Gomez, Midler, and Gallo. Uh, it was nice to see him, you know, uh, enjoy this fast service and, and use it as an opportunity to, to break through a bit here. Uh, so obviously Draper is somebody that we're going to be seeing around a lot for the foreseeable future of the Challenger circuit. So I just thought this little milestone of the first semi was was quite interesting. Yeah, he's been sort of struggling with his like physicality, some health issues this year. I think five retirements at this point. Uh, but this these past few weeks he's been playing great. I think mainly because 
that's never really tested on these surfaces. <laughs> like I can tell Ismanik or Tisei that fitness doesn't matter at all. So he he's just able to relax and, and play his best tennis. Yeah. Uh, anything else from Otisei? Or do you want to? Uh, probably not. I mean, honestly, the two finalists dominated the field so much that, that there's not much to, to write home about, I guess. Mm. Uh, let's go to Knoxville, where Christopher Eubanks beat out the second seed Daniel Altmaier, 6-3-6-4, for his third challenger title. Um, he breaks into the top 150. I mean, I mean he, he was in the top 150 before, but he returns there, I believe. Um, yeah. But he was there yeah. for like four weeks, and right now he's also hanging by a thread. But uh, yeah. it, it is an achievement, sure. Yeah, quite impressive run from from Eubanks. Started by being uh, beating Pospisil, uh, then had a very difficult match against Gosoida. Was two points away from from losing the match. Um, beat out Christian Harrison and Bjorn Fertangelo. Um, to to reach that final and then beat Altmaier. Uh, Altmaier, who gets that goal, breaks into the top 100. He's number 99. Uh, the last time I checked the, the live race. Um, he's, he, he's been so disappointing, but finally got a, got a big run. Uh, beat Walton, Rola, Jack Sock, and Michael Moe. Uh, so yeah, e either one, Eubanks or Altmaier, what did you think about them this week? I mean, that Sock win was a bit of a shocker, right? Yeah, uh, you had Sock, and I and I thought like, okay, the, the, this really might be the the week Sock gets it. And Altmaier, the the match was a total surfest. I had no idea Altmaier served this well. The same for his semi, and then in in, in the finals, he that was still like a the big difference between the between him and Eubanks, the quality of serve and return. So a little bit a little bit baffling there. Eubanks went full on big. On, uh, on all of his returns and just linked enough of them together, while Altmaier never did anything on, on Eubanks' service games. Eubanks had a very high first serve percentage too, like 78, I think, and 90, 192% of them, so really hard to break your opponent when, when he's serving like that. Eubanks end, ends the year with a title as well, and, and honestly, I, I feel like he's, he's progressed somewhat this season, two two challenger titles. He only had one before. Uh, I mean, to the to this year. Uh, hmm? Come again? Did, did did he? Yeah, I mean, he only he only had one before from like 2018, I think. Uh, so 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 this is definitely some sort of progress for him. He also joined uh, Mike Cation on on the commentary this week, which was very fun. Uh, I think it was for Sok Gunesvaran. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, there was he, he he won Orlando in June. Yeah, I mean, and then two, two, in two this two yeah that's what I said two this year and one 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 in 2018. Yeah, yeah, but this is his third title. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I I was just talking about two, uh, second this year. Okay. All right. Maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe I wasn't clear enough. Yeah. Like... And th this was also, uh, as I said, this was also fun to see that you know sort of mm. insight from a from a pro at the during the time of the match. If if you know the stream is still there, so if anyone wants to watch it, uh, they're free to. There's also uh, there, there's also an interview that Mike did with Philip uh, Gresk. So the the coach of uh, of Eubanks, 
who's like you know his friend pretty much they were they they were colleagues uh, in college they were they were pretty much friends until uh until suddenly Eubanks said let's let's start uh, why don't you coach me and and they were able to somehow take that relationship that they had and then transform it into more of a player coach thing Filip Greski is also like half Polish uh by the way which bears absolutely little importance to this but you know, I have to mention it once we're here. Uh, but anyhow, as you said, also Altmaier got the top 100 finally. Uh, took him a while, actually, because he, he was really close when he skipped the US Open, right? Uh, and then, then there came that period when he was sort of losing earlier than expected in clay challengers that played in the States, which we were talking about that maybe that scheduling isn't too great. And I now remember. Yeah, yeah, also... it, it was such chaotic scheduling for him to get here, but but he got there in the end. So I guess we can't blame him entirely for it. Um... <laughs> yeah, and I remember we also didn't mention that Alex Molchan uh, also had the chance to do that and missed it by one match as well. If he mm. had he beaten Greek Sport, he would have done it. But he doesn't. He he's not giving up as well. He's gonna play Helsinki this week. So uh yeah yeah i mean i'm 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 not sure if i'm gonna pick him this week again like i did in Bratislava, but hopefully hopefully he gets it um uh, who else do i want to talk about here in knoxville uh fratangelo made the made the semis after two first round exits um so so it so was encouraging to see i was a bit worried after after he lost first yeah round but I mean, we mentioned that these first round exits were sort of you know, yeah yeah just unlucky uh, draws and, and wasn't really exactly about his level who was it again like Kozlov and Escobedo right so, uh yeah I mean it's, it's, it's tough matches he beat Watanuki, Brower and Nava uh which are obviously e easier opposition there uh Nava making the quarterfinal uh that, that, that was that was good to see again beat two veterans of the challenger tour in, yeah in your Polanski. Polanski match, no, I mean, he cannot get credit for this, no. I mean, Polanski was fully in control until he started feeling dizzy or something, like it wasn't an actual injury, and Nava knew that, Polanski was barely playing, and Nava still made like a huge mess of winning this. It was no, it, it, no. I mean, for this for this run, he doesn't get credit. I'm sorry, I love Emilio Nava, but for this run, no. <laughs> no credit. Return the points. Return the check. The whole thing. <laughs> uh, and then I also had Aiden McHugh reaching the quarterfinals as a qualifier. Uh, you highlighted his match against uh, Rinki Jakata in the final qualifying round, which I enjoyed thoroughly when I when I tuned into it. Very fun. Uh, he also beat Kadhe before that, and then Popko and Kozlo in the in the main draw, which was surprising, especially the Kozlo win. Um, and the doubles was won by Malik Jaziri and Vlaj Rola, which was quite surprising to me. They're they're not really a, a pairing that I've that I've really noticed before. So in their second time playing together this season. Um yeah, do you have anything else for Knoxville? Yeah, because Blumberg and Blumberg and Schnur lost, right? That, that yes, was, yeah. That was the, the surprise there. And mm. also the 
you mentioned McHugh Kozlov. I was I was really hoping that after McHugh beats Kozlov this time, after losing to him, uh, wasting eight match points like two weeks ago, that he was gonna mimic that celebratory dance that Kozlov did. <laughs> but yeah, but sadly, sadly, it never happened. Uh, he missed the chance there, really. He he missed the chance to become a legend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, him doing the dance right back at him, that, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> all right, should we go to Montevideo? Yep. Uh, yeah, Montevideo, where the seventh seed Hugo Delien beat Juan Ignacio Londero 6 love 6 1 in the final. Um, seventh challenger title up to number 120, number 18 in the race. It was quite a wild week for for Dayen, started by beating Francisco Yanes, uh, Uruguayan wildcard. Then defeated Skatov in three sets, retirement from Bagnis. And I haven't seen this match, but apparently I saw it described as a three-hour war against Federico Coria uh, in the semifinals, from which he miraculously recovered to only drop one game in the in the final. Can you explain what what happened here? I don't really understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I I did never saw the Korea Dalian one as well, which I I regret obviously, seeing how people described it and seeing how how long it was and how dramatic. He served for the match three times in the first set and still had to win it in the tiebreaker, uh, which I feel like Dalian has been doing a lot of recently. And uh, then you know, someone asked me before the finals. I mean. Do you think Dalian will still have the energy? And I said, I mean, I, I, I've, I, I, I didn't see the semi, but after three hours and with Londero having that resurgence, beating Monteiro, Munar, Serundolo, how could he really? And then, and then what happened, happened. And I mean, uh, Londero just, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen him play a worse match, even though he's been awful this year. I think 721 before coming to Montevideo. So he obviously yeah. improved his record a fair bit. But how he street... had one run and that was it, Wondero this year before this. Uh, come again? What? He, 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 he had one big run. Uh, yes, the, uh, Salzburg the... semis, yes, which is actually pretty crazy because he won seven matches all year and still made a semis as a challenger. So it, it just shows that when if he wins, he just he's sort of capable of linking these wins together, but actually has so many first round exits. And and this final was just uh, I don't know. I was I was half you know halfway into I into it. I started looking for the last double bagel final on the Challenger Tour, but I didn't manage to find it until Londero won the game. So so then I just gave up. <laughs> but, he ruined the stick. Yeah, he ruined it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as, as he said, like, like Londero, the, the wins were, were good though. He beat Serundolo in the in the first round, Francisco Serundolo, which was already a shock. Then Casanova, uh, Monteiro in the quarterfinals, Jame Munar in the in the semis. Like that, that, that's that's strong wins, relatively. Uh, like some of those guys have struggled for form and stuff, but I, I did not see this coming in the slightest. Um, I also wanted to highlight who did I want to highlight Santiago Far Rodriguez Taverna, who had who had a, <laughs> two you know I mean ranking wise very strong wins uh, both in third set tie breaks over Tirante and Barrias uh, for twenty two year old guy I, I also saw in his loss to Coria the he lost to Coria in the, the quarterfinals 
Korea leads the head to head within five nothing with matches dating back to 2015 when Taverna was 16 years old, which is <laughs> once again surprising. Uh, every day we come up with new Federico Coria head-to-head facts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he, he actually defeated Colarini, right? So he... Yeah, yeah, he, he finally broke his duck <laughs> against Colarini. Uh, wasn't easy for him, though, but yeah, he, he's now 3-10, three, three and ten, right? Yes. Yeah, 3-10 and ten against Colarini, yes. Crazy, crazy head-to-heads. In that, uh, yeah. Anything, anything else from Montevideo? No, probably not. I'm gonna talk about one of these matches in a sec. So. <laughs> um, yeah, j- j- just to mention the the winners, I had uh, Echeverri and you had Bagnis. So neither of us was really, you know. Yeah. I mean, okay, pick, okay, picks. Just your run of the yeah, meal. Yours got injured. Echeverri for me went out. What second round? I think. Yeah. Yeah, disappointing for, for me personally. But yeah, match of the week, upset of the week. Uh, let's start with upset of the week. What do you have? Um, I think I'm going to go with Kravchenko over Laksanen just because you know this was my pick. And I sort of missed Kravchenko as a potential prospect, which I, you know, in hindsight, I I, I think he might be able to... Uh, just just let's let's just you know i'm gonna follow him more closely in the weeks to come uh this was also i believe the the biggest one for the bookies although there was one that came close maybe that's what you're gonna go for let's hear it uh no i'm i'm going for Krafchen clock so okay. it's, it's never turned down um yeah i mean i i, I just remember thinking when you picked laxon and i was like oh i i think i should have done that but mm-hmm. that, that's a very good pick there uh to see him lose first round straight sets to kravchenko who I, I, he is a talented player but still very surprising to me i did not expect that at the slightest um yeah, yeah match of the week uh, i think i'm gonna pick like the worst quality match of the week that i've had so far uh, and this is actually the second big upset that the bookies had. Uh, and this is Varias losing to Fadriga Taverna. Honestly, I, like I, I'm just picking this for the drama. Uh, the, 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 the quality on display was actually awful for the most part. Uh, and, and the tie breaks were just such a, such a fun mess. Just, just watching that was absolutely crazy, even though the quality wasn't there. Uh, if I watched Korea Delian, I'm assuming that would have been my match of the week, but I, as I said, I didn't. So, um, yeah, I I went for McHugh Hijikata. I, re- I really enjoyed uh, that match. My tennis watching has been front loaded <laughs> this year a bit, where I watched a lot of the early rounds, but I don't think I was catching the right matches. Like like, like by the time the matches were like deep in the in the third, so that that's when I was coming in. Or just the matches that I was watching from the start were mostly straight setters. Uh, Making Hijikata, I enjoyed a lot though. I'm I'm very intrigued and invested now in Niki Hijikata, so I I wish him well and I hope to see him uh, again. We're gonna yeah. see him again. Like I, yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure next year we're gonna see him a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. Should we move on to the previews? Sure. All right, let me open up the draws here. 
we've got just four events this week. What are we going to do? Like, then there's going to be so much free time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, let's start in Pau uh, in, in France, indoor hard event. Uh, Challenger 100, I believe. Yes. Yep. It is, yes. It is. So top seed Felicino Lopez faces Tomas Fabiano. Uh, the winner faces Aydukovic or Chun Sin Seng, formerly coached by. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we have seven seed Radu Albert playing Constant Lestien. Uh, winner faces Genesi or Qualifier. Then we have a very, very fun match here. Fourth seed Devin, Devin, Devin that's not his name, Dennis Novak, um, plays Sergei Stakowski in the first round, which is like uh, indoor hard just uh amazing matchup here winner faces steven diaz or dan added uh then we have 15 Norbert gombos playing gabriel de Bru. um winner faces Arnaboldi or kotov uh moving on here we have Gilles simon who pulled out from from bratislava uh last week was due to play here due to play yirji lehechka uh, the winner of that, probably Lehechka, plays uh, Janvier or Qualifier. Uh, then we've got eight seed Steny Kolarz uh, playing Wildcard Harold Mayo. Winner faces Marcora or Qualifier. And in the last section, Holger Rune uh, is the second seed playing Julian Canina. Uh, then facing uh, Moria with a special exemption, which I, I don't think we've seen one in a while. That's, that's fun. Or Qualifier. Um, and then we have six seed Maxime Cressy playing Geoffrey Blancano, winner facing Richard or Sachko. So who's catching your eye here uh, in Pau? I mean, uh, obviously the, the the first things that come to mind are really the, the Novak Stakowski match because it might be the last one of Stakowski's career. I I I'm a bit afraid that it's gonna be easy for Novak. You know, I, I haven't been too, too impressed with Stagowski, at least in the singles game recently. The Brew Gombosh, you know, uh, again, I'm a little afraid that's going to be very, very straightforward, that this is just going to be too much quality. Um, as for, for the qualities, there's a very cool thing here with Hertz playing Rosenkrantz. That could be that could be quite high quality. That both guys have been really good in recent months. Kravchenko is also there. He actually didn't have to play yesterday uh, because Nadelko Nadelko withdrew, so he's gonna play Sanchez Izquierdo in order to qualify. Uh, that could also be a guy that 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 I you know, I should probably watch. Sanchez Izquierdo had a had a very easy matchup against Piotr Matuszewski, so. No, a, a doubles specialist, pretty much only. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling to, to come up with a winner from this draw. Uh, uh, you know, Cressy going far again is certainly possible. Obviously, Holger Runa is, is always a peak. Uh, Izil Hechka was very good in Bratislava. I really thought he could defeat Talon. Uh, and, and this is also someone I'm looking at. Uh, the top half seems a little weaker, but I I wouldn't be really surprised with you know Novak or Gombos if that if that's a quarterfinal and it looks like there's a very good chance that it's gonna happen. One of these guys could very easily be in the finals and then then have a chance to win it. Ah, uh, you know, all that point stuff is really making me overthink it. 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm afraid to go for Holger Rune because I'm afraid of Cressy, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go for this. Uh, the first two rounds are just easy enough, and then maybe he can actually... Uh, that match against Cressy could be, could be very 50-50-ish if it actually happens, obviously, uh, because, because it's, it's not a done deal. So I'm going to go with Holger Rune. I regret to inform you that I've also picked Holger Rune here. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, he, he's a second seed, um, probably probably the most talented player in the in the draw. Um, he, he's, he's coming in from from Milan, where, where he reached the group stages, so he's had some time off between now and the and the first round. As you said, first two rounds very very easy, probably unless Moria somehow continues to form. But I'd be surprised. Cressy, yeah, Cressy scares me, but I wasn't really sure who, who else I want to pick here from the first quarter. I don't really like anybody. Novak and Gombos in the same section. If they were separated, maybe I'd think about it. Mm -hmm. Gombos losing to Jumhur quite easily in the in the first round, but it wasn't very convincing to me. Uh, Kolach, I thought about for a second. I, I feel like he has a nice draw or Lahechka there. Um, but yeah, ultimately settled on Rune. I gotta look at the bright side. I'm not gonna win points here, but I'm also not gonna lose them. So yeah, yeah that that's very true. Uh, and we still have three more events, so you could definitely you could still tie it up uh, if if we split on on everything else. Uh, let's go to the event that you're at, uh, Helsinki, the, the other European event um, where we have Emil Rusuvori. Uh, the top seed playing a qualifier, then facing Kopejans or Bachinger in the second round. In a section, we have Josef Kovalik facing Mats Morang, which should be a very fun match in the first round. Uh, the winner of that plays Emilio Gomez or Maximilian Materer. Next section, we've got Alex Molchan, the third seed, playing Tim van Rijthoven. Uh, winner faces Ferreira Silva or qualifier. In that same section, we have Oscar Ote as the fifth seed, playing Damir Jumhur which once again should be very interesting, contrast of styles and all. Uh, winner faces Rodionov or Safat. Uh, then we've got Liam Brody playing Jean-Bord Piroz, uh, who's going who's a special exempt. Winner of that plays Kanke or Qualifier. We've got fourth seed Yegor Gerasimov, who I'm, I'm surprised to see here. Um, he played in Stockholm last week. Okay, good. Because I would have thought that that they would have would have played Bratislava if he was going to play Helsinki as a former champion, but decided to go for Stockholm instead. Anyway, Gerasimov, uh, fourth seed, plays a qualifier, and then Sosa, Joao Sosa, I should specify, or uh, Patrick Niklas Salminen, Finnish wildcard. Final section, we've got Andri Laksonen, second seed, plays Denis Istomin. Winner faces Jack Draper or Julian Lenz. And we've got eighth seed Nikola Milevic playing Flavio Koboli. Winner plays uh, Ramakumara Ramanata or Otto Virtanen. Uh, yeah, what do you make of this draw? Who catches your eye? Obviously, you should also tell us about, you know, you're there. What's it like? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm in Helsinki since yesterday, yes. Actually, even two days ago. So I've, I was able to see the first round of qualifying yesterday. Uh, I am 
uh, a little bit bummed that Joris Delor and Viktor Durasovic are going to face in the final qualifying round because I feel like they've been the two strongest performance. Uh, uh, the, 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 the two strong, they've, they've given the two strongest performances that I saw yesterday. The lore is very interesting, which uh, you know, we, can, we can talk about because our, one of our biggest fans is obviously a fan because he's, he's Belgian. Uh, he came back after the injury and honestly, I, I never really saw him coming, but he won a 25k in France last, uh, last month. He defeated Litu and Luca Van Asche, so a pretty tough draw. And, it, it, and you can really see why he's, he's playing great ball at the moment. Uh, Durasovic is someone who always sort of catches my eye as, why is this guy not, not ranked higher? Why is this guy not making deep runs at, at challengers? There's also uh, at the 19-year-old Alibek Kahmazov, who recently took a set of Federico Coria at Moscow, the, the ATP event, and also won a 25K, I think, over Bogdan Bobrov in the final. And he defeated Midler yesterday. Uh, honestly, I felt like this was a pretty flat version of Midler, but I'm 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 excited to see what more Kachmasov can do. He's playing Mochizuki, who's slightly unimpressive. Uh, like for for a junior slam champ, he's obviously not doing too well. Uh, the 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 lack of power in his game simply makes him extend matches like like yesterday's one against the Estonian wildcard, Christian Tam. Uh, for ATEC and FCAF, I honestly feel like I've never... And Shevchenko as well, I cannot do that. Like, like I, I never really saw much of them yesterday because they their opponents just weren't you know, up to that level, especially FCAFs and Shevchenko. They, they played the Finnish wildcards, uh, Erovasa and Alexi Lofman. Lofan was significantly better, I thought, but you know they still never really pushed them to to actually play their their best tennis. But today, Jacques Shevchenko and Foretek FCF, they're certainly going going to have to uh, have to play some some of their best to to progress. Uh, there's there's also three main draw matches today, uh, which I feel like it's Gomez Marterer, uh, Rodionov Savvat, and something else which I cannot remember right now. Uh, it, it, it also starts very late, which was a surprise for me. Uh, I uh, yesterday it was funny because I came there and I like, I couldn't find anyone. Like everyone speaks English, but I couldn't find anyone who could help me direct me to any sort of press manager or something. And then I found this one lady who told me that press will come tomorrow. And then I said, I mean, no, I'm here. Uh, like, <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm here, you know, but but you know, it turns out that challenger qualifying is an even bigger niche than what we usually talk about. Uh, but but since they they don't have tickets for 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 the first Sunday, that, that you know, I could just hang around. And today there's gonna be a guy that's that's gonna be, you know give me the the pass and all. Uh, so so it was a bit funny, I guess. Uh, it's a it's a great venue, uh, like 30 courts, uh, very old school. Uh, honestly, like, like it's it's super huge. It probably wouldn't be able to hold like, know, like Grand Slam indoor event or something like that, <laughs> because because the courts are simply so close to each other, and like you could you could see five five matches at the same time, which would be fantastic, by the way. But I, I, I'm surprised I've never been to a to an indoor venue that's that's so huge. Uh, but, you know, it, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this so far for, for sure. I've never been to Finland as well. 
So it's also a, a different cultural experience uh, for me. Uh, although I'm still still shopping in Lidl <laughs> because it's <laughs> like two, two, two minutes away from the courts. So, and, and it's very easy. Like if I went to a, you know, to a local shop, then I would have to talk with the, uh, with, with the shop assistant or something. And in Lidl, I, I know, it's just the same as in every Lidl. Although I, I do try to buy some, some products that there are, you know, that, that I'm not able to buy uh, in Poland. Uh, I, I do try to just, just mix up some sort of a uh, fresh experience in terms of that. But enough, enough about the food and enough about the groceries. Uh, when it comes to the main draw, I'm very afraid that we're going to have the same peak here. Uh, but I still don't want to go for something else because I'm too afraid that I'm going to lose the point there. I am very excited about some of the some of the first round matchups like Molchan van Rijthoven. That looks great. Uh, Mohamed Savat was the runner-up last time this event was played, and he really hasn't done well since in the like since the pandemic, pretty much. Uh, so curious if he's if he's gonna be able to uh, get something off Rodionov. He's obviously not the favorite there. Jumhur Otte would be great as well. Uh, Maybe Brody Pirosh, if the injury that, that Pirosh had in the final uh, against Greek Sport is not too serious. Uh, I think Otto Virtanen could easily win a match from the from the Finnish wildcards. Obviously, Ramanathan is hard to play on, on indoors, but Virtanen is known to overperform at home. So, so potentially. Uh, happy that I'm going to see Jack Draper as well. Uh, Istomin Laksonen is, a, is an interesting matchup. Honestly, uh, also a story about my uh, awful facial recognition skills. Because yesterday I was looking at this guy in the, uh, just sitting at the venue, and I was like, I know this guy. He's a tennis player. I've seen him multiple times, but who the hell is that? And then I just realized that it's Dennis Istomin without glasses. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm really awful at at recognizing players. Uh, me, me too. Yeah, I like. I remember when I was in Newport Beach. Um, we it, like. I I got my press pass, but I was the first one to be there, so we didn't like everything wasn't organized yet. They they basically organized the whole press just for Nishikori that year. Um, but I it took me three days to to finally put together the Michael Mo was Michael Mo. I just kept seeing him around and I was like, who is that? Who is that guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Finally, I recognized it as Michael Mo. Um, yeah. Who's, who's your, who's your pick for, for Helsinki here? Yeah. I'm just going to go with the defending champion and the top seed. Uh, Emilio Savori, uh, you know, not the best of form probably, but he has a qualifier matchup to start with then Koplian's Bakinger, which is also very winnable and, well, once the issues start, he should be ready for this. And I'm very afraid that you have the same. Uh, no, I, I, oh. I'm afraid of picking Rusuvori. Uh, I thought about it quite a lot. Um, it's, you know, obviously it's very tempting. He's, you know, higher ranked, uh, doesn't, doesn't usually play challengers at this point anymore. So he's like a shiny new toy coming in. But I feel, I feel like that's actually, <laughs> if Morang is fit, um, after their after their retirement a couple of weeks ago, Marta in that section. It's it's not an easy one uh, for sure, and I feel like somebody who does have an easier draw is Andri Laxonen, who for whom it's it's also kind of a 
uh, a hometown tournament, just like Rusuvori. He represented Finland until um, 2010. Um, so, uh, and, and I assume he's of like Finnish heritage. But yeah, I, I just like his draw quite a bit more, maybe with the exception of, of Draper there. Um, but yeah, unless Istomin gets some weird flashback into 2017 or something, uh, he should be beating him. Milojevic, Koboli, Ramanatan, eh, maybe. But I find Rusuvori's draw actually harder than Laksanen, so I'm going to go for it. It is, it is, for sure, yeah. I just don't trust Laksanen after last week, I think. Yes, uh, yeah, that's also a fair point. Uh, and overlooked him. <laughs> uh, but, but you're right, I mean, I, I probably overlooked him a bit because of that. Did you know that uh, Rusuvori played a challenger this year? Like, that, that's a shocker to me. I, I can't remember. Uh, Nur Sultan. Uh, and Viktor Troitsky defeated him in the first round. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and before that, before that, he played in 2020, but only, you know, only uh, Bratislava and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Bendigo. So, yeah. so uh, as you said, a shiny new toy, but I, I feel like he's actually going to be a fairly be, fairly beat up of the field. Uh, although, as you said, Marter and Morang are potentially dangerous. I'm just happy that he's gonna play just one of them, because yeah. he, because that's how the draw is is built. Uh, yeah. So anyhow, uh, uh, that's 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 what we have in Helsinki. Uh, where do you want to go now? We've got the choice, the the oh, ever ever showing up choice of whether to go to the states or to South America. Let's let's go to Campinas. Okay. Uh, Brazil, where top seed Federico Correa plays Nicolas Harry in the first round. Um, wow, what a first round clash. I'm pretty excited for this. Should be should be interesting. Then we've got uh Gukarabey playing Thiago Seboschwild. Um uh the, the, so, so the winner faces Korea or Harry. We have six seed Daniel Elahi Galan playing Nicola Kuhn. Uh, who I believe, wait, no, no, never mind. I was going to say something that's incorrect. Um, but yeah, who, who recently switched nationalities um, to to German, right? Yeah, Germany again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the winner plays uh, Echeverri or Sitsuberri. Then we've got Chego Montero as the fourth seed playing a qualifier, then facing Juan Pablo Barrias, most likely, or uh, Macheus. Puerish, who has no information about him available. <laughs> um, he doesn't have an age or a ranking or anything. He, he, played, he played here on the wild card, I think. Yeah, wild card in qualifying last year in Campinas. So I wonder, I wonder who he is. Um, we have, I have no clue. <laughs> um, Yes, uh, then we've got Pablo Cuevas, the fifth seed. He's playing here, didn't play Montevideo. I'm very disappointed about that. But anyway, he's playing Andrea Cuiarini uh, and then facing Timo Katov or Renzo Olivo if he if he wins that. Next, we've got the two Serundolos uh, in the in the quarter together. Juan Manuel uh, is the third seed. He's playing Puccine de Almeida. If he beats him, faces Londero or Gustavo Haida. Um, who is actually a real player with a ranking. Uh, <laughs> then we have Francisco as the eighth seed facing a Brazilian wildcard, uh, Gilbert Clier. 
Um, and then the winner of that piece is Andre Ossi or Melijeni Rodriguez Alves. Um, and in the final section, uh, Javier Munar plays a qualifier, then faces a qualifier or Orlando Luz. And seven seed Sebastian Baez plays Facundo Mena and then faces Pedro Cachin or qualifier. Uh, yeah, what do you make of this draw? I mean, the shade on Mateus Bueres. He's not a real player. He doesn't have a real no, I mean, I, he has no, no information here. I don't know who he I is. I know. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I'm looking at last week, uh, last year's draw. He was a wildcard to the qualifying and uh, took four games of Juan Manuel Serondo. Uh, anyhow, I, I don't know him either, obviously. Uh, in the qualies, there's, I mean, Jimeno Valero won his first round easily, but he was playing a uh, Brazilian wildcard. So Nicholas is going to be a. A more exciting my, test for my, him. my apologies. I, I think I just found Buerish. Uh, uh -huh. He's number 919 in juniors. Uh, he's 18 years old. Uh, okay. Yeah. He is verifiably a human being. <laughs> he's not a hologram. Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I guess we're going to see him on the courts. That's, that's when we're going to know that he's a, he's a man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pro probably not really any uh potential deep runs from the qualities outside of him and of Valero Bob, Bogdan Bobrov as well which is an interesting scheduling choice he was usually playing either either Kazakhstan Israel or Europe uh Santiago Rodriguez Taverna won a very tough battle again uh, yesterday but he's gonna play Hernan Casanova anyhow uh it's a weird draw like there are many there are many names that are sort of unfamiliar <laughs> uh obviously talking about the uh, Bueres and uh, Gustavo Haide also, but uh, but uh, I I feel like I've I've seen that name before. Uh, Bueres not really. Uh, Kuhn is is probably playing his his first South American event or not? I, at least I just can't I just can't remember him in recent weeks. Yeah, he he was in Ortiz last week. Yeah, so I, I I'm curious how he's gonna do. He obviously had that one you know month or so where he was suddenly looking like his best again. Then hardcourts came and stopped this. Uh, there, there's so many good first round matchups in this first quarter. Corey Ajari and Ugo Carabelli save of wheels as well. And Kungalan, as I said. Uh, Pablo Cuevas is back, which is very curious that he didn't play Montevideo, which we talked about last week. Uh, um, probably he was injured or something, just, just wasn't ready to play, I'm assuming. Uh, Puccinelli, Dalmeida, Juan Manuel Serundo, that's good. Uh, Serundo and Baez coming back from Milan from the next-gen finals, but I'm assuming they they had enough time to, to get rid of the jet lag. And that's why I'm going to go with Sebastian Baez. Uh, he was great in Milan, for sure. Uh, sort of confirmed what we knew after the US Open, that his game was easier to translate the, to hard courts than it would seem, probably. Uh, and I mean, and this, and Serundolo, who was the other uh, yeah. Argentinian who, who never played on, on indoor hard before. Definitely, definitely easier than Serundolo's. But I mean, that that was that was sort of obvious. But but like the, yeah. the Baez's level was was really good. Uh, he got me a few points this year. I'm not sure if two or three, uh, and I, I just feel like I have to go for him again. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's many, many different players in this draw that I could have picked. I didn't pick Baez, 
Um, even though I thought about it, I've, I've thought about a lot of guys here. I thought about Echeverri, even though he's let me down a bit recently. Um, cause, cause I really like his first two rounds, but then, you know, he has to face Correa or Harry or whoever that's kind of difficult. Montero, Montero Varias as a second round matchup. I don't like it for either one of them. Cuevas, we don't know about. And Serundo, Serundo, I don't really know. So I'm going to go for Jame Munar, uh, coming off of a semi in, in, uh, Montevideo. You know, he, he he did okay. I, I didn't watch the match against uh, Londero, but before that, all straight set wins over decent players. So, um, yeah, let, let's see if he can stop by us. Yeah, that would be a fun quarterfinal for sure. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot of quality in this in this one, and, and it's, it's really hard to decide on something. Um, yeah, oh, I, I forgot to mention for, for, for the Helsinki doubles, I noticed that Toshi Dematsui is playing. Oh, yes. Um, and one more one more exciting guy as well, uh, Jurgen Top. Yes, yeah. It's going to be his first uh, 2021 match. Yeah, wow. That's, I, I was actually going to check that, but I can't remember. Because he's playing with Vitanen, I was sort of thinking of maybe if they're, you know, if he's coaching him or something. That's like, possible. That yeah. was an, an idea I had because why why else would he be playing with him and why else would he wouldn't he be playing this year? But uh no no way of confirming that yet on the on Otto Viltanen's ATP page there's only passive Viltanen, which I'm assuming is his father. I don't know, but maybe I'm gonna find out. Maybe maybe I won't. Uh yeah, but uh Matsui as well. I, I'm kind of excited to see him. He's 43 at this point, still won like a match or two this year. Uh, he's, I think he keeps playing with the same guy as well. Uh, this Uesegi, Uesegi is his surname, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But the, these, the, these two are yeah, the, the, the standout names in the draw, even though they're probably not gonna do well. Um, yeah. All right. Should we go to Champagne? Yep. Champagne, Illinois, where we have Daniel Altmaier, the top seed, playing Malik Jaziri. Um, then we have uh, the, the winner of the faces, Alexis Galarno or Yosuke Watanuki. In the section, we've got seven seed Bajrola playing a qualifier and then facing either Peja Kerskin or um, another qualifier. Then we've got Vukic, the fourth seed, playing Tumlin Wu, uh, potentially facing Alexander Kovacevic, which would be interesting, or a qualifier. Uh, then we have Jason Jung as the top, as the fifth seed uh, against Mikhail Torpegard. Uh, the winner of that plays Gosoida or Tyson Kwiatkowski. We've got JJ Wolf here as the third seed next, uh, playing Tatsuma Ito. Uh, the winner of that face is Kaichi Uchida or Yasutaka Uchiyama. So a little Japanese corner here in the draw uh, around JJ Wolf. That's quite <laughs> interesting. Um, uh, in the section, we've got six seed Prajan Shkuneswaran playing Vasil Kirkov, who I, I, I remember his name from like juniors, but I, I haven't seen anything from him in a while. Uh, winner faces Emilio Nava or Nick Chappell. And in the final section, we have Mitchell Kruger as the second seed playing Nicolas Mejia. Winner faces Christian Harrison or Ezekiel Clark. Then we have eight seed Stefan Kozol playing JC Aragon. Winner of the facing Michael Mo or qualifier. Uh, yeah, what do you make of this draw? Yeah, 
Uh, I was looking if Kirchhoff was uh, if Kirchhoff was a college player, but I cannot find it, so, which is kind of weird. I, I sort of felt like you know, with most juniors that were kind that were good, and then it sort of disappear. I felt like he he must have been in college somewhere, but it looks like not. He he seems to have played a, a decent amount of tournaments every year, though. Um, so so maybe he's just been sort of struggling to to yeah. break through. It looks it looks like so, yeah. Uh, talking of college, there's a very cool matchup to in, in the final qualifying round between two collegians. Uh, Hunter Heck, who defeated McHugh, I've I've never seen him actually uh, playing Ben Shelton, so uh, a much more established name. Uh, but but probably not really looking at the qualies as uh, as a potential you know deep run slash winner uh, options. Uh, Altmaier, Jaziri, that, that's a good draw. And if Altmaier decides to still play, because he, he got that top 100, but maybe he's going to play like one or two more just to solidify that Australian Open main draw spot. Uh, that, that's a, quite a good draw for him. Uh, he lost to Galarno in Bogota, actually, which would be really, really weird, but also very possible if he lost to him on clay and then beat him in Champagne. <laughs> but but it, it hasn't really been a, a great year for uh, like a great couple of months for Garno in my opinion like I, I I sort of expected more so uh, so I I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the case uh, and this section this section seems sort of weak so it might be more a bit more incentive for for Admire to play as well uh, the then the, there's like it, the draw feels very scattered there's like it, it's so uneven at some points. Uh, also, that the second section has has a potentially a very strong second round between Vukic and Kovacevic, which could be super fun. Uh, but I think hmm, Kozlov and Kruger in the in the bottom quarter probably you know clashing. That that's that doesn't seem like peak material for me. So I'm gonna go with uh, JJ Wolf from that Japanese quarter. Just a good draw, in my opinion. He he lost to uh, Christian Harrison last week, or was it? Or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure if it was last week or two weeks ago. It's all it's all mixing up in my head. But anyhow, he got that bit of rest. He's also gonna. Oh, this is this is important to mention. Uh, he and Kozlov are the only players left right now in the wildcard challenge, which ends Ooh. after this week. Uh, the wildcard for the Australian Open, obviously. Uh, Kresi had a chance if he won, uh, if he won in Ortisei. Because this is actually this sucks actually because, or actually no, wait a moment, because he's playing because he's playing Po, right? So it's one hundred points. So Kresi still has a chance as well. Uh, his carpet results don't matter. Yeah, yeah, they, they didn't count. I saw that. Yeah, that 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 sucks. Honestly, because it's so similar to Inder Hard, and and yeah, but plus like if, if Ortiz is actually faster than I can tell in his Manning, then yeah, I mean it, it's just as close to like the Melbourne surface than whatever the carpet is. So, uh, no, but but Paul uh, counts, and it's a hundred points, so he still has a yeah. chance. He's at forty-eight points right now, and he has to win Paul to have a shot, because Kozlov has one hundred and thirty-five. Wolf has 128 because they both finished runner-up once. Uh, they both won, won once. 
And then last week, Wolf lost in the first round and Kozlov made one round. So Kozlov has that seven points lead. Uh, and Cressy only, only has a shot if these guys don't go into... Like, if, if Wolf doesn't progress past this, the quarterfinals and if Kozlov doesn't progress past the second round here, I believe. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and, and then he has to still win the title. And, but it's more likely going to be a race between Kozlov and Wolf of who gets further here. Yeah, th- th- thanks for doing that. Uh, like, like US wildcard uh, sport because I, I always forgot to check them and like who's in the race. So, so, so it's certainly very interesting uh, coming into here. Um, a couple of notes on the draw. Vuki uh, Jankovacevic, as you said, very intriguing second round potentially. They're playing together in doubles. Uh, so that's going to be pretty fun. We also have David Marero playing with Yasutaka Uchiyama. Um, Not with Druva Mulia? <laughs> no, no, no Mulia. No, no wildcard this time for, for Druva Mulia. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so apparently I I um I, th- I think I said on Twitter. Oh, never mind. That, that, that was from last week when Marero and Uchima signed up as alternates. Um, so so, so this time they they're in there regularly, but it sort of it's interesting. Like, what's Marero doing here? Like, was this always the plan mm-hmm. to show up and try and play? It's it's interesting to think about. Um, oh, and, uh, by the yeah. way, about the the wildcard challenge, uh, Chris Eubanks would also have a chance. But he chose to withdraw and play World Team Tennis instead. Oh, right. yeah, because because World Team Tennis is 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 now instead of the, yeah. the summer. Instead of the summer, yeah, 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 because of COVID. God, I, I forgot about World Team Tennis. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't really watch it or, or care about it. I think it's like only an American thing, even though oh, yeah, it's called very, World very Team much Tennis. So. I mean, they, they they it's it's interesting because. Um, I, I've been to a good couple of matches, maybe like two or three, because I had a local team when I lived in America, uh, the Orange County Breakers. Uh, Breakers. Um, and it's interesting because they have some marquee players, like the players that they pay a lot of money and they're, they're like scheduled. Um, but they also have players that they have to play regularly uh, that I assume are, are lower paid, but, but they're just these random guys. Like I remember I went to a match and like the marquee player for the breakers was Maria Sharapova, but she didn't play. It was Kristen Flipkins. And then for the men, it was Teimuras Gabashvili. Um, so you get these really random matchups. Um, like a, 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 you just see these different people. But it's fun, you know, it's it's, it's an interesting format. Yeah, you get a you, you get a lot of doubles in there, which is, you know, that, that that's what the that's what really gets the crowd going, I think. Is you know fun doubles points uh, in the situation. Is that the one with like a set to five or something like that? Yes, yeah. So, yeah. so, so it's set to five, um, and it's like it's played for five sets. So you have men singles, women singles, um, men's doubles, women's doubles, and mixed. Um, and then you can have overtime if it's still tied. Like it's cumulative. Um, like, like all, all the games come together towards so the final. So, how could it still be tied if it's best of five? Is it like a, a uh, so, so, at... so let's say that, that I would have said five zero, but uh-huh. um, it's four. It's like four five three five or, or whatever. Okay, it's so like, it all counts together. together. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a good fun. It's 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 fun. It's it's a fun event, I think, but not super relevant uh, anymore. Uh, not like back in the day when it used to be like a huge exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anyway, uh, champagne for, for my picks. I was looking mostly at JJ Wolf and Alexander Bukic because uh, they're both guys with quite easy draws, guys that I would trust here. And I did actually pick JJ Wolf before you said JJ Wolf, but we're, we both have JJ Wolf here. Sure. So to, uh, on two of the <laughs> events this week, I'm not going to lose points, uh, which is cool. And I'm probably going to get two, uh, you know, two picks in, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be trailing 14-15 after this week. I'm confident in that. I can't even <laughs> remember who's gonna give me these points. Baez and uh, ah, and Oh, that actually that, that sounds logical. It's not unrealistic. Yeah, it sounds good. It uh, it sounds good. Maybe maybe no. Actually, I'm gonna do, uh, it's gonna be even better. I'm gonna trail 16-17 because our picks of Wolf and our our pick of uh. Whoever in Po is mm-hmm. gonna, who, who was it? Rune. Rune, uh, yes. Our yeah. all all my picks are gonna go in <laughs> for sure. Uh, yes, I'm I'm certain of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm gonna be sitting at the Rusevori's matches like, yes, yes. I'm gonna be cheering and and yeah, they're gonna throw me out. Yeah, as Actually, you get dragged. Third set by a qualifier in the first round. That we... yeah. They're not gonna throw me out because I'm gonna cheer for Rusevori. Worry. They they could if I if I if I cheered <laughs> for his opponent, but I mean, then they're gonna say, "Yay, you're already yeah." Uh, you're already I, 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 I wonder what the crowd reaction is going to be like to, to Laksanen because obviously he's he's Finnish but representing Switzerland. Uh, so, so so I wonder because like I don't know how other nations do this, but like. In Slovakia, if anybody has any inkling of Slovak heritage, we latch on, um, and, and and we just we just like sort of adopt that player, kind of like Belinda Bencic. Um, right. We we've definitely adopted her in Slovakia, but you know, I mean, she, she is like she she speaks fluent Slovak. Her parents, she, she she like played the little summer exhibition event there, so uh, she has. I think it, I think it's the same in Poland. Uh, I. I'm struggling to come up with an example other than Jan Chojinski, probably. But whenever he played, I mean, he he speaks Polish fluently. His father is Polish. He he lived in maybe, Poland for most Caroline of his life. Nyaki? I don't know how it was with her. Come again? Yeah, maybe Caroline was Nyaki or, or Oh, I, I don't think she played in Poland. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't think she had the chance or Kerber Kerber didn't uh, either. Yeah, so. So I, I'm I'm struggling to come up with anyone else than Hoinski, but but he was always really liked in Poland as well. Uh, I mean I don't know about like Sonnen. He had some sort of disputes with the Swiss Federation actually. So I don't oh, know wow. how he's taken. Uh, I mean there was that Davis Cup controversy. Mm. Uh, I I can't remember the details, but like for a while he wouldn't play Davis Cup for for Switzerland. I think he played again this year or like or 2020. Uh, but but someone asked me this question also like like how how is Luxon then received in Finland and I I don't know I'm I'm just yeah, I'm just gonna see out. yeah well I, I'll find out he he changed as you said around 2010 so long while ago mm-hmm. I don't know uh, we're gonna see I guess uh, I I suppose it's gonna be the same I mean this is still a guy they some of these people probably watched in the junior times so. Uh, Unless they're still really angry, but I mean it's it's been years. So, uh, yeah. So I, I guess that's what we're gonna finish at. It's gonna be very easy this week to 
to list all the Challenger events because they're just four and I just listed them like a minute ago. So it's Paul Helsinki, uh, Champagne and uh, Campinas. And that's what we're gonna uh, come back in a week for and uh, talk, uh, you know, talk about them. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope all of you enjoyed another ATP Challenger-centric episode from Crack Rackets contributors Damian Kust and Jakob Babro. I say it every week. I mean it every time. You're not going to find two people more closely locked in to the action happening on the Challenger Tour than these two. And again, they were chatting Helsinki qualifying. That's as niche as it gets. That's as nerdy as it gets. That's why we love them here at Crack Rackets. We hope you all enjoyed another episode as well. Of course, as I mentioned at the top, I want to talk next-gen finals. I want to talk WTA finals on the Mini Break podcast today. going to try and find some fun guests to help me do so. Of course, we've got the ATP finals coming up this week. I want to preview that event for all of you as well. Talk about some of the other storylines happening across the tennis world because there are plenty, including some off-the-court storylines that we're going to have to touch on this week. Again, all of that content going to be available on the Mini Break podcast feed. College Contenders is getting started this week. We're talking number 10 men's and women's teams at a minimum. You're going to be able to find those conversations here on the Great Shot podcast feed, interviews with coaches, hopefully, on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. As again, we try to paint the complete picture of what is happening across the tennis world for all of you listeners. Of course, none of that content would be possible without the incredible work of our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, who, as always, have a f- of an editing job to do. But, of course, once again, a shout-out and thank you to our friends Damien Kust and Jakob Babro. With all that said, for hosts Damien Kust and Jakob Babro, for our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.